Hello again, everyone, and welcome to episode 105 of Now We're Talking. I'm Rob Danish from the University of Waterloo, and this is a podcast about communication skills. So a few episodes ago, I talked about the neutral inner voice, and in this episode, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, inner voices and learning to listen to your inner voice and how your inner voice develops and how that can affect your communication practices. So um, my younger son is um, often really hard on himself. He's generally kind of pretty successful. Uh, He does fine in school. He's good at sports, all these sorts of things. But when anything goes wrong, his default is sort of to to self-loathe. It's like all of a sudden he'd call himself an idiot or a complete failure or he'll never do anything right, these sorts of things. So what I talked about in that previous episode was that when anyone gets on that kind of self-critical course, they have to stop listening to them. They have to change their inner voice to make it more neutral. So if you have this mean inner voice, um, that kind of one that comes up during times of stress or that chastises us or that makes us feel small, then we have to stop that talking to ourselves like that. Okay, so we all have these voices in our head. And in fact, we talk to ourselves constantly about things whether they're mundane or profound. I started watching Westworld recently, and the whole show is about how consciousness is really about you having your own voice in your head, not someone else's voice in your head. And like the robots kind of like evolve once they they realize that it's them talking to themselves. Um, so we, we can have moral arguments in our head. We can have absurd debates. Uh, we can assign blame. We can make rationalizations. We can play act as different people. We can analyze past events. We can rehearse future events. We do all that with the voices in our head. And when we're doing all that, those voices can be encouraging. They can be defeating. They can be caring. They can be criticizing. They can be complimentary. They can be demeaning. You know, there's lots of different things they can be. Um, And there's a guy, there's a psychologist, Charles Fernihoff, who studies inner dialogue. Um, And you know, his, his work starts with how children talk out loud to themselves to work through their problems and to regulate their emotions. Uh, and of course, what he finds is that we continue to talk to ourselves when we grow up. We just learn to do it in our heads instead of out loud. Sometimes this stuff slips out of our mouth, but mostly we're doing it in, in our heads. And, you know, think to yourself, have you really ever not wondered aloud where you put your keys or audibly cursed at something they heard on the news? Um so the psychologist, Fernihoff, says, you know, I, he's got a constant inner dialogue, and that is always spilling out into external speech. Um, so inner speech and talking to yourself is something that everybody does, is the, is the point. So it's a, it's a central communication practice. Uh, so it turns out that we engage the same parts of our brain when we talk to ourselves as we do when we talk to another person. Uh, and those are the brain regions that are involved with like theory of the mind or social cognition. And they're the regions of the brain that allow us to empathize and read other people's intentions or desires or emotions. So Vernie Hall has this book, The Voices Within. Um, and in that book, he says that like lots of the great philosophers and social theorists believe that the self generates conversations with itself by taking the perspective of another. And in particular, Fernihoff points out William James, Charles Sanders Peirce, and George Herbert Mead, three American pragmatists. In my own research, I I write 
about American pragmatism. Um, so American pragmatism is generally committed to this idea that the self generates conversations with itself by taking the perspective of another. Okay, so a few episodes ago, rule number one with the inner voice was trying try to have a neutral inner voice. What today's episode is about is the fact that our inner voice develops by virtue of the perspectives of others that we take. So here's an example. Uh, an example, like the, the common example is an athlete who ends up internalizing the voice of a coach or a student and internalizes the voice of a teacher. So I had a really good history teacher when I was an undergrad and he really helped me with my writing. I write much better because of him. And even today when I write some things, I can hear his voice correcting some of my, my grammatical mistakes or my stylistic errors. That's the example of this, the, the voice of the teacher being taken on by the student or the voice of the coach being taken on by the player. You might have a back and forth with yourself that actually resembles an exchange you've had with a parent, a boss, with your spouse, with a sibling maybe, or a friend, or even a therapist. That's because listening to others determines the tone and quality of our inner uh, intrapersonal communication. So uh, let me say that again because it's the most important point of this particular episode. Listening to others determines the tone and quality of our intrapersonal communication. So the reason people develop highly critical uh, inner voices is mostly because they're listening to others with a highly critical tone and they adopt that tone for themselves. Uh, here, I'm just making the kind of mundane point that our previous interactions teach us how to question, answer, and comment so we can do the same with ourselves when we need to solve a problem or manage a kind of controversy or think kind of collaboratively. So if we think to ourselves, oh, this will work. Oh no, this is way, this is better. I'm gonna ask for a raise, but they only hired you two months ago. I want some, you know, you have this inner thing going on. The style of that inner thing is largely determined by your previous interactions showing you a particular style of communication. So the kind of private or inner speech that's, per, that's associated with higher performance on cognitive tasks by children becomes an important question. So what kind of inner speech do you perform better with? And then how do you get that inner, inner speech? And here's what the research suggests. The more people you listen to in the course of your life, the more sides to an issue you can argue in your head and the more solutions you can imagine. So inner dialogue fosters and supports cognitive complexity when the person has listened to lots of other people. So the, the, it's the ability to tolerate a range of views and make associations and come up with new ideas. That kind of valuable ability is a product of having to listen to a broad range of other folks. And then you can imitate or mimic that broad range of other folks in your own internal dialogue. So more sophisticated, here's more evidence, more sophisticated private intrapersonal communication is often associated with having parents that are more involved in a child's life. Um, and then private speech is actually hindered in children who grow up in circumstances where their listening opportunities were limited. They can't listen to a broad range of people. Um, so in, in some cultures where the child is isolated uh, and, and taught that they should be seen and not heard, 
those those kids have delays in private speech um and kids that grow up in in environments where they're listening constantly to a broad range of other people with art or with complex kind of a complex style of communication adopt that complexity for themselves this is all important because how you talk to yourself affects how you hear other people as well so for example someone who has a critical inner voice will hear someone else's words differently than someone whose inner voice tends to blame others so it's all your fault versus it's all their fault is a kind of inner 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 interpersonal communication thing um, but that it depends which which perspective we take on influences and distorts what other people's how we perceive other people's uh, statements and that also obviously influences and distorts how we behave inside relationships um, so there's a, a psychologist and attachment expert named miriam Steele. Uh, her research builds on the work of other attachment experts that goes up all the way back to the 1950s um, and her work shows that the voices that get replayed in our heads echo those we hear in childhood. Um, so when early attachments are secure, if you have parents or caregivers who listened and attended to your wants and needs, then you develop an inner voice that is friendlier, sort of. Okay, so we all have guilt, we all wrestle with ourselves, and Steele says this in, in her work. Uh, but an inner voice that says, you know, are you sure you want to do that? Or why don't you put yourself in their shoes? Or yeah, that was hurtful, but maybe they didn't intend to hurt you, is different than an inner voice that says, everybody's out to get you. I'm no good. Life is really dangerous. These other people are terrible. So that latter voice is the one that makes you kind of reactive in ways that aren't to your benefit. That kind of more neutral, uh, circumspect inner voice is the, is the one that allows you to react in ways that are to your benefit. Um, so, and, and here's more to indicate how important this is. People's inner voices actually have tremendous influence because they're perceived to be louder than the other voices they hear. So researchers in the US found that subjects who were asked to imagine repeating the syllable da rated external sounds as softer. Their internal voices dampened or drowned out what they heard, in other words. And, and that means that their brains showed less auditory activation when the external sounds were played. Um, if that's the effect of saying a single syllable to yourself, imagine what happens when a full-on dialogue is going on inside your head. Uh, you know, you're thinking to yourself, oh, this person I'm on a date with seems standoffish. Did I offend him? Did I do something wrong? Maybe he's just having a bad day. No, I think it's me. You know, how are you going to listen to the other person if you have this really loud inner voice? Um, some people argue that reading is a form of inner speech, actually. And, and research indicates that we sound out words in our heads as we read. And so if a word takes you longer to say, it will take you longer to read. Um, and like many readers kind of come to love a particular writer, actually report that they hear the author's unique voice or the voice they imagine the writer has in their heads. Uh, they also might hear the distinct voices of the writer's characters, etc. Um, so Fernie Haw and his colleagues uh, surveyed 1,500 readers, and 89% said they heard the voices of characters in books, and they said they heard those voices vividly. 56% said the ca some characters' voices stayed with them even when they weren't reading, that those characters' voices influenced the tone and content of their inner speech as they went on about their lives. Uh, fiction writers often say that their characters actually talk to them and determine the course of their novels. Uh, so what, what we're trying to, to emphasize here is that the tenor of our inner voices comes not only from listening to the actual people in our lives, but also by the voices we regularly hear in the, in the media. So it's not just books, 
it's not just the other people, it's TV, it's movies, etc. So the tone and style of, say, Sean Hannity or Oprah Winfrey or Judge Judy might begin to reverberate in our heads depending on how avid of a follower we are or Tucker Carlson or whoever. So the question becomes, who does your inner voice remind you of? What does it tell you? Does your inner voice sound different in different situations? Is it friendlier? Is it critical? Who are the people we listen to most? And do we find those people's voices stylistically becoming one with our inner voice? Those are all really important things to ask ourselves because our inner voice influences how you think about things, how you interpret things, how you make judgments, how you solve problems. It basically influences who you are in the world and whether you see the best or worst in people. The trouble is that really tuning into yourself is something people often do go to great lengths to avoid. Um, and I, I don't wanna go into the, the research that shows how often people try to avoid um, avoid really listening to themselves, but they do. Um, okay, so here's the big problem in our mediated, mediated saturated world. So, so some of this research was done uh, as early as the 1950s. I think now our lives are a little bit different. Um, and here's my biggest worry, is people that consume, for example, Fox News, multiple hours a day and listen to Tucker Carlson or Sean Hannity every night. They listen, they listen over and over again. And then they don't listen to stylistically any other kinds of voices in the world. What will happen with those people? Well, those people will adopt Tucker Carlson's style and tone as their own, and they will talk to themselves in that kind of way. They will adopt a style of intrapersonal communication that resembles the style of the intrapersonal communication that they hear most often in their day-to-day -day lives. And if that style and tone of, of communication is uh, hostile, angry, bitter, uh, incendiary, hyperbolic, then the way Tucker Carlson's, Tucker Carlson's communication style is, then your intrapersonal communication is going to be hyperbolic, resentful, angry. Um, and it's not just angry at other people, it's angry at yourself. It, it, all of your intrapersonal communication will carry the tone of anger along with it. More troubling is that in our current kind of media ecosystems or echo chambers, when we consume or listen to other voices, the more those other voices just resemble one another, the less diversity or complexity or sophistication or um, difference in the kinds of voices we listen to, the more likely it is that we're just gonna adopt the style and the tone of, of one particular kind of inner voice. So in right-wing kind of conspiracy circles, if Tucker Carlson's sort of style of communication becomes the common style of communication and no one listens to anything outside of that style, that style will dominate intra, the intrapersonal communication of the listeners and ultimately influence behavior and action uh, of, those, of those listeners. Ideally, what you want, and again, the, so the, from a few episodes ago, the rule was have a neutral inner voice. You'll really benefit from that. Today's episode is about is, okay, uh, if you have a neutral inner voice, that's great. The more different and diverse kinds of people you listen to and the more sophisticated their communication styles, uh, 
odds are the greater diversity you will have in terms of your inner voice and that will put you in a better position to make good decisions and make good judgments uh, and navigate the world. The fewer kinds of people you listen to, or if you don't get an opportunity to listen to very many people at all, especially when you're young, your cognitive development will be impaired and your ability to collaborate, to work well with others, to make good judgments, to make good decisions will be compromised by the absence or, or by the lack of complexity and richness in your inner voice. So when your inner voice is kind of one track, if it's, um, I'll, I'll put it like this, if your inner voice is monolingual, if, it, if it's just speaking in the tone and style of someone like Tucker Carlson, you will not be able to make sound judgments, good decisions, advocate for yourself, etc. When your inner, inner voice, and this is what William James and the American Pragmatists argued, when your inner voice is really rich, when it's derived from a complex, diverse, robust set of sources, then you're in a much better position to make better decisions and judgments and advocate for yourself and collaborate with others, etc. So in order to have a really effective for, uh, inner voice, in order to be really good at intrapersonal communication, you need a diversity of inputs to listen to. Um, and some of those inputs have to display a degree of sophistication or complexity that you can then mimic or imitate in your inner voice. Why is this all, all the case? Well, it's because imitation is at the core of how we learn how to communicate. So we all have an inner voice. That inner voice is that intra form of interpersonal communication is the kind of primary form of, of, of communication. So how do we learn to talk to ourselves? Well, we learn to talk to ourselves by imitating how other people talk how other people talk to us and how we see other people talk to one another. If the range of people we're imitating is really limited, and if that range is overrepresented by someone like Tucker Carlson, then it's gonna uh, negatively impact the quality of our interpersonal communication, which in turn will negatively impact our ability to make good decisions and make good judgments in the world. Uh, so stop watching Fox News, watch a, a diversity of different kinds of, of media, listen to a diversity of different kinds of, of people. That diversity will enhance or improve the complexity of, of your inner voice. And if you have a more complex, more sophisticated inner voice, uh, that improves intrapersonal communication and ultimately uh, improves your decision-making and judgment. Uh, anyway, that's uh, that's the, the more on the inner voice for this week's episode. Uh, that's all for this week. I'm going to take a bit of a break uh, from making podcast episodes, and but hopefully I'll be back at some point in the in the near future. Thanks everyone for listening.